I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Premiering in movie theaters February 7, 1940, Walt Disney's Pinocchio, with songs composed by Lee Harline and lyrics by Ned Washington, was based on the 1883 Italian children's novel The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi. It was the second animated feature film produced by Disney, made after their first full-length animated success, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, in 1937. Pinocchio was a groundbreaking achievement in the area of effects animation, giving realistic movement to vehicles, machinery, and natural elements such as rain, lightning, smoke, shadows, and water. Although it became the first animated feature to win a competitive Academy Award, winning two, in fact, for original score and for original song for When You Wish Upon a Star, it was initially a box office bomb, mainly due to World War II cutting off the European and Asian markets overseas. It eventually made a profit in its 1945 reissue and was added to the United States National Film Registry for being deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In September 1937, during the production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, animator Norman Ferguson brought a translated version of Carlo Collodi's children's novel to the attention of Walt Disney. As Ferguson later recalled, after reading the book, Walt was busting his guts with enthusiasm. Pinocchio was intended to be the studio's third feature, after Bambi. However, due to difficulties with adapting the story and animating the animals realistically, Disney announced that Bambi would be postponed while Pinocchio would move ahead in production. In the original novel, Pinocchio is a cold, rude, ungrateful, inhuman brat that often repels sympathy and only learns his lessons the hard way. The writers decided to modernize the character and depict him similar to Edgar Bergen's ventriloquist dummy Charlie McCarthy, but equally as rambunctious as the puppet in the book. In the summer of 1938, Disney and his story team established the character of the cricket. Originally, the talking cricket was only a minor character that Pinocchio abruptly killed by squashing him with a mallet and that later returned as a ghost. Disney dubbed the cricket Jimny and made him into a friend that would try to guide Pinocchio into the right decisions. Once the character was expanded, he was depicted as a realistic cricket with toothed legs and waving antennae. But Disney wanted something more likable. Due to the huge success of Snow White, Walt Disney wanted more famous voices for Pinocchio, which marked the first time an animated film had used celebrities as voice actors. He cast popular singer Cliff Edwards, also known as Ukulele Ike, as Jiminy Cricket, giving Jiminy the hugely likable quality that Walt was searching for. 
Disney rejected the idea of having an adult play Pinocchio and insisted that the character be voiced by a real child, and so he cast 11-year-old actor Dickie Jones, who had previously been in Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington as the little wooden boy who becomes real. Disney's Pinocchio was presented as a radio version numerous times, including on the Lux Radio Theater and Academy Award. What we have for you now is a rendition that became an annual holiday tradition that was presented between 1945 and 1948 on the Screen Guild Theater. Here's the episode from December 30th, 1946, featuring actors Carol Smith and Arthur Q. Bryan, with your hosts Hanley Stafford as Daddy and Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks in Walt Disney's Pinocchio. Snooks, where are you? I'm right here, Daddy. Why, Snooks, what are you doing by the radio? I'm going to listen to Lady Esther's Green Girl show. Oh, I see. And why that show? Because it's like jello and jello puddings. And you know what? What? <laughs> I like it. Well, come on, Snooks. You're going to have a busy day tomorrow, and it's time you went to bed. Why? Well, I should think you'd want to go to bed and rest up for tomorrow. Then you can play with your new Christmas toys all day long. Are you going to bed and rest up? No. Why? Well, you've been playing with my toys more than I have. Now, let's not be selfish. Look, will you go to bed if I sing you a song? A lullaby? Uh-huh. <laughs> Rockabye baby? Uh-huh. I'd rather stay here. Oh. Well, you can't sit by the radio all night But they're going to tell, tell my favorite story About pistachio Pistachio? Mm -hmm. You mean Pinocchio Pistachio's a nut No, he ain't, Daddy He's a little boy The boy's name's Pinocchio I know the story very well So do I His father carved him out of wood Exactly And you know his father's name? Uh-huh What is it? Edgar Bergen. Just what I thought. You're bluffing. Now, when I was your age, I knew the story of Pinocchio backwards. You did? Yes. Will you go to sleep if I tell it to you? Backwards? No, forwards. All right, Daddy. Tell me the story. Well, once upon a time, long, long ago, there was a kind old man named Geppetto. Uh -huh. He was a toy maker. Yeah. And he lived all alone. No one to talk to but his cat and his goldfish. Did the cat really talk? Why, certainly. It said... Meow. <laughs> what did the goldfish say? Why, it's... Uh, it, uh, uh, oh, don't be silly. <laughs> goldfish don't talk. They open their mouths, but they never say anything. You mean like you do when mummy's around? <laughs> when mummy's around, I'm no goldfish. What are you? I'm a dead pigeon. <laughs> Tell me more about Pistachio. Pinocchio! Pinocchio. Well, one cold winter night, not long before Christmas, when most people were enjoying good cheer and fellowship mm -hmm. with their families, yeah. old Geppetto was in his cottage all alone. Mm -hmm. 
And he was feeling a bit sad. Yeah. Because he didn't have any family at all. Just his cat and his goldfish and a little wooden puppet that he'd just finished carving. And he turned to Figaro, that was the name of his cat, mm -hmm. and he said, Figaro, he is the nicest puppet I have ever seen. I think I will call him Pinocchio. Oh, you like that name, eh? He's such a cute little fellow. He almost looks alive. Figaro, wouldn't it be nice if he were real? What is it, Figaro? What do you want? Oh, the window is open. You want me to close it, eh? Very well. I... Figaro, look up there. The wishing star. Starlight, star bright. Oh, first star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might have the wish I make tonight. Figaro, you know what I wished. I wish that my little Pinocchio might be a real boy. Well, Snooks, how do you like the story so far? <laughs> I like it. What happened next? Old Geppetto went to sleep. Why? Well, he just went to sleep. That's all. That's all? Yes. That's a very short story. Oh, don't be silly. Geppetto went to sleep. And late that night, a beautiful blue light shone in through the window. Mm -hmm. And it blazed and it glowed. And in the middle of it stood the blue fairy. And she touched Pinocchio with her golden wand and said, Little puppet made of pine, awake. The gift of life is thine. Golly, I can move. And I can talk. Yes, Pinocchio. I have given you life. Why? Because the good Geppetto has brought so much happiness to others with his toys. And tonight he wished for a real boy. Am I a real boy? Not yet, Pinocchio. To make Geppetto's wish come true will be entirely up to you. Up to me? Yes. Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish. And someday you'll be a real boy. Oh, a real boy! It will not be easy. You must learn to choose between right and wrong. Right and wrong? How will I know? Your conscience will tell you. Conscience? Where will I find one? Hello, what about me? What's that? Why, it's a cricket. Jiminy Cricket's the name. Yes, sir, we. And I'm as widow as anyone's conscience can be. <laughs> think you would be just the one. Kneel, Sir Jiminy Cricket. I dub thee Pinocchio's conscience. Oh, gosh. Now, Pinocchio, remember, be a good boy and always let your conscience be your guide. Look, she's gone. That's white, Pinocchio. And listen to me. You and I better have a widow when we talk. Why? Well, you want to be a real boy, don't you? A wawapawooza. Ah, ah. That's fine. But the world is cram full of lovely temptations. Temptations? Yep, temptations. They're the wrong things that seem white at the time, but uh, even though the white things may seem wrong sometimes, uh, well, sometimes the wrong things uh, may be white at the wrong time, uh, or vice versa. You, you follow me? Uh-uh. But I'm going to do right. Atta boy, Pinocchio, and I'm going to help you. Anytime you need me, just whistle. 
Like this. Like this? No, no, son. Like, well, listen. When you get in trouble and you don't know white from warm, give it with the whistle. Give it with the whistle. When you meet temptation and the urge is very strong, give it with the whistle. Give it with the whistle. Not just a window squeak, but go up and blow. And if your whistle's weak, yell, Jiminy Cricket. Take this straight and narrow path, and if you start to slide, give it with the whistle. Give it with the whistle. And always let your conscience be your guide. What? Didn't all that noise wake up Pinocchio's father? Oh, yes, of course. Did the noise wake up Pinocchio? He wasn't asleep. Don't little wooden dummy sleep? Oh, sure. They sleep like logs. Ha-ha! <laughs> How's that? Ha-ha, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and then what happened next? Well, Geppetto was delighted to find that his little wooden boy could walk and talk. <laughs> he liked them, huh? Yes. And the next morning, he sent him off to school. I thought you said he liked them. He did. But he wanted Pinocchio to be like other little children. So that morning, Pinocchio got up and ran as fast as he could to the schoolhouse. Imagine that. Yes. Now, why aren't you so anxious to go to school as Pinocchio is? Because I'm no dummy. Great. Well, anyhow, on the way to school, Pinocchio ran into a sly old wolf. A wolf? Yes. And you know what his name was? Uncle Louie. No This wolf was named Honest John mm -hmm. And he was standing on the street Reading a big advertising billboard yeah. That said Tonight in the big tent The great Stromboli and his puppet show Well, well, well So Stromboli's in town <laughs> The old rascal I certainly fooled him once, all right <laughs> That time I tied strings on a cat And Stromboli bought her for a puppet <laughs> going this fine sunny day? I'm going to school, just like a real boy. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Just imagine a little wooden boy. Now, who'd ever believe that a wooden... A wooden boy! A, a puppet without strings. Why, Stromboli would give a fortune for him. He'd... Uh... Hey! Hey there! Wait! Wait for me, little boy! So, you're going to school, my little man. Going to be a scholar, eh? Yes. I'm going to learn to be brave, truthful, and unselfish so I can be a real boy someday. Indeed, indeed. Well, I must be going now. I'm late. Oh, just a minute, young fellow, just a minute. Haven't you heard of the easy road to success? The easy road? I'm speaking, my boy, of the theater. The theater? Bright lights, music, applause, your name and lights. Uh, uh, what is your name? Pinocchio. Why, I can see it in letters six feet high. Six feet high? Just as sure as my name is Honest John. P-I-N-U... Uh... P-I-N... Well, anyway, six feet high. Come along, lad. On to the theater. 
I diddly dee, an actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane, a watch of gold with a diamond chain. I diddly do, you sleep till after two. You promenade with a big cigar, you tour the world in a private car, you dine on chicken and caviar, an actor's life for me. I diddly dee, hey, uh, hey Pinocchio. Hello, Jiminy. I'm going to be an actor. Now, take it easy, son. Slow down. Remember what I said about temptation? Well, that's him. Oh, no, Jiminy. That's Mr. Honest John. Honest John. Oh, please. I pray you no, Pinocchio. Goodbye, Jiminy. Wait. Pinocchio, wait. Please. Success. Well, anyway, I did my Webble best, but he wouldn't listen. Ah, uh, what does an actor want with a conscience anyway? I'm as happy as can be. I want the world to know nothing ever worries me. I've got no strings, so I have fun. I'm not tied up to anyone. How I love my liberty. There are no strings on me. How do you like the way I'm telling you this story? I'd rather listen to the Screen Girls show. Oh, you would. Well, what have they got that I haven't got? Lady Esther. Touche. You're just like every other female. All right, if it's Lady Esther you want, that's what you'll get. Tonight before you go to bed, look closely at your skin. See if it's everything you really like it to be. If it is, you're a lucky girl. But if you'd like to improve it in any way, then let me tell you about a serious skin problem which may be yours because it threatens every woman. This serious problem is a stubborn film on your skin caused by your natural skin oils mixing with dust and cosmetics. You can't see or feel this stubborn film, but it dulls the natural freshness and beauty of your skin, makes even young skin look dingy and lifeless. It also encourages blackheads and blemishes. Ordinary cleansing fails to remove this film. Massage or rubbing only forces it deeper into the mouths of your pores. Here's the safe, sure way to remove that stubborn film. At least once each day, preferably at bedtime, smooth on my unique Lady Esther four-purpose face cream and wipe it off. Look at your cleansing tissue. See how surface dirt and cosmetics are removed. But now comes the important part. Apply Lady Esther cream a second time and wipe it off. Instantly, you'll see the difference, the clearer, fresher, younger look. 
Now that stubborn, dulling, clogging film is gone. The very texture of My Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream is unique. So soft, so effective. My cream doesn't need to be massaged in. It does the work itself. Use Lady Esther Cream faithfully every night. Give your skin a real chance to look lovelier every day. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater's marketing associate, Lobo Tate. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration, and we hope you enjoy the show. And now Lady Esther presents the second act of Walt Disney's Pinocchio, starring Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks, Hanley Stafford as Daddy, Carol Smith as Pinocchio, and Arthur Q. Bryan as Jiminy Cricket. Did Pinocchio like being an actor, Daddy? Oh, no, he didn't like it at all. Why? Because Stromboli soon discovered that he could make a lot of money with Pinocchio. So he locked the little boy in a cage. Uh, he locked him in a cage? Yes. <laughs> well, what's the matter with you? Poor little Pinocchio locked up in a dirty old cage. Well, I can't help it. Take him out of the cage. <laughs> now, look. He's in the cage because that's the way the story goes. If he wasn't in the cage, there wouldn't be any story. And you'd be up in bed, asleep. Daddy. What? I'm glad he's in the cage. Fine. Now may I continue? Please do. Thank you. Well, just when Pinocchio had given up all hope, little Jiminy Cricket found him in the cage. And he called to the blue fairy. Mm -hmm. And she came down and decided to give Pinocchio one more chance. So she unlocked the cage and Pinocchio and Jiminy went hurrying home. And as they were going along the street... No, sir. Nothing can stop me now, Jiminy. I'll make good this time. You better. I will. I'm going to school. That's a stuff, Pinocchio. I'll be smart, too. Anyway, I'd rather be smart than be an actor. Well, 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 if it isn't my little friend Pinocchio. Oh, it's Honest John. Tell me, Pinocchio, how do you like the great Stromboli? Oh, he was awful. He locked me in a cage. He did? And he wouldn't feed me, and he made me sing all night. Oh, you poor, poor boy. You must be a nervous wreck. Oh, no, I'm not. Let me see your face. Of course. Just as I thought. A slight touch of monetary complications with bucolic semilunar contraptions that are flying to pieces. Oh, golly. Just open your mouth. Say hippopotamus. Hippo-oh. Oh, I knew it. Compound transmission of the pandemonium with percussion of spasmodic disintegration. Oh, is that bad? Let me feel your pulse. Oh, my dear, my goodness. Palpitation, syncopation of the killer dill of the wicky-wacky stomping of the Jolson story. My boy, you are allergic. Allergic? Yes, and there's only one cure. A vacation on Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? A happy land of carefree boys. No school, no work, just fun and noise. I'll take you there. Just wait here, my boy. I'll go out and get my carriage. Jiminy, did you hear what he said? I'm going to... What's the matter, Jiminy? Pinocchio, don't let him fool you. That Pleasure Island is a wacket. That's where little boys make jackasses of themselves. They do? You bet they do. Their ears grow long, and then they sprout tails, and they can't even talk. They just play. Like this. Yee-haw, yee-haw. Oh, golly, let's go home. That's what I say. Let's go Hey, what do you know? It worked. Come on, Pinocchio. Let's squam. When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give it with the whistle. 
give a winter whistle. For the rest of his life, Pinocchio always remembered that song. When you get in trouble and you don't know what to do, give a little whistle. <whistles> give a little whistle. Hey! What? Just tell me the story. I should have made you go to sleep in the first place. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So when Pinocchio and Jiminy got to Geppetto's cottage... They found him out. Oh, what do they find out about him? They found he was gone. And for heaven's sake, stop asking so many questions. I can't stand it anymore. Poor little daddy. Pester me, you interrupt me, you drive me crazy. Would you feel better if I stopped asking you questions? Oh, yes. Poor little daddy. <laughs> now, now, sit back and listen. Jiminy and Pinocchio went looking for Geppetto. And where do you think they found him? Where? Inside a whale. Oh. Uh. Oh. Is that all you have to say? He was actually inside a great big whale. That's what you said. But isn't that remarkable? A man. A full-grown man. Isn't that an awful lot for a whale to swallow? Isn't that an awful lot for me to swallow? <laughs> well, it happens to be true. What's more, Jiminy and Pinocchio went down to the bottom of the sea and joined Geppetto inside the whale. Imagine that. Yes. But then the whale clamped his teeth and they couldn't come out. The teeth couldn't come out? No. No. Pinocchio, Jiminy, and Geppetto couldn't come out. But you said that... Never mind what I said. You said the whale's teeth came out, which is false. Were they false teeth? <laughs> oh, look. Let's get out of the whale's mouth. How are we going to do it? Well, Pinocchio had an idea. He figured a way to make the whale blow them out. Did he make the whale cough? Well, you're pretty close, I admit. <laughs> but how would you go about making a whale cough? Get his feet wet. Whales don't have feet. What Pinocchio did was build a fire in the whale's stomach. Well, how did that make the whale blow them out? Oh, I guess you've never seen a whale sneeze. A whale's knees? Yes. But you said they didn't have legs. Oh, Snokes. Stop acting cute. The whale sneezed. He sneezed, you understand? Achoo! Well, say something. Put you on height. Snooks, I think I'm going to put you to bed. No, I'll be good. Tell me the rest of the story. Very well. The whale sneezed them out, mm -hmm. and old Geppetto nearly drowned. Pinocchio came to his aid and towed him into shore. In doing so, the little wooden boy gave up his own life mm -hmm. to save his father's. Poor pistachio. Pinocchio! And when the old man came to, he picked Pinocchio out of the water where he was lying mm -hmm. and carried him home and put him on the bed. And then he kneeled by the bed and cried and cried. <laughs> Pinocchio, oh, my boy... My brave little boy. And as he knelt there, the beautiful blue light came in through the window again. It was the blue fairy herself. Oh. And she touched Pinocchio with her golden wand. Mm -hmm. And she said, Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish. And someday you'll be a real boy. Awake, Pinocchio. Awake. Oh, my poor boy. 
My poor boy. Father, what are you crying for? Because you are dead, Pinocchio. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Now lie down. <laughs> but, Father, I'm alive. See? And I... I'm a real boy. You are. Yes? You're alive. <laughs> and you are a real boy. Oh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Now all my wishes have come true. Story of Pinocchio. Now it's time you went to sleep. Come on, Snokes, to sleep. Snokes! Snokes! Mm. I absolutely insist that you go to sleep. Mm. But, Daddy, I wasn't asleep. You just woke me up. <laughs> Thank you, Fanny Bryce, Hanley Stafford, Carol Smith, Arthur Q. Bryan, and all the rest of you who have made this holiday season such a delightful one for so many people. Your annual performances contribute a great deal to a work that continues throughout the year, the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house. Thank you again, and thank you, Walt Disney. And now, here is a word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. I wish I could sit down with you in your own home and discuss all your skin problems. But there's one problem so important, such a threat to every woman, that I want to talk about it here. This insidious threat is a stubborn film on your skin. It's caused by your natural skin oils mixing with dust and cosmetics. You can't see or feel this stubborn film, and ordinary cleansing fails to remove it. That's important for you to know, because this film dulls the true freshness and beauty of your skin and encourages blackheads and blemishes. Here's the safe, sure way to get rid of that stubborn film. 
First, smooth on my unique Lady Esther four-purpose face cream and wipe it off. Immediately apply Lady Esther cream again and wipe it off. The first application removes surface dirt and cosmetics. The second application really removes that stubborn, clogging film. And instantly your skin looks clearer, fresher, feels softer, smoother. And remember, my unique Lady Esther cream by itself does four of the things your skin needs most. It cleanses thoroughly. It softens your skin. Helps nature refine the pores and leaves a perfect powder base. Lady Esther four-purpose face cream gives you a complete beauty treatment. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present a special radio broadcast of one of the greatest motion pictures of all time. It will celebrate the presentation of the Red Book Award for the outstanding picture of 1946, The Yearling. And it will star the original cast, Gregory Peck, Jane Wyman, and Claude Jarman, Jr. Don't miss this unusual program. Tonight's program, The Wonderful Adventures of Pinocchio, and last week's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, were produced and directed for Lady Esther by Bill Lawrence, adapted by Harry Cronman, and were presented through the courtesy of Walt Disney, whose newest production is the Technicolor picture Song of the South, based on the immortal Uncle Remus tales. Last week, Edgar Bergen appeared through the courtesy of Chase and Sanborn, and Mary Jane Smith appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor production The Yearling. Charles Kemper can now be seen in the Columbia picture Gallant Journey. Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks can be heard on her own program for Jell-O and Jell-O Puddings with Hanley Stafford as Daddy. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Tonight's Lady Esther Screen Guild program is being heard by our servicemen and women overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio is being remade as a live-action film production by Walt Disney Pictures. The film will star Tom Hanks, Cynthia Erivo, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael Key, and Lorraine Bracco in voice roles. In 1904, George McManus began his comic strip, The Newlyweds, about a couple and their child, Baby Snookums. Actor Fanny Bryce recalled in an interview shortly before her death, I first did Snooks in 1912 when I was in vaudeville. At the time, there was a popular juvenile actress named Baby Peggy. Her hair was all curled and bleached, and she was always in pink or blue. She looked like a strawberry ice cream soda. On stage, I made Snooks a caricature of Baby Peggy. Early on, Bryce's character was sometimes called Babykins. On February 29, 1936, Bryce was scheduled to appear on the Ziegfeld Follies of the Air radio broadcast. Writers Philip Rapp and David Friedman adapted a humorous piece from an 1897 book, Chimes from a Jester's Bells, about a kid and his uncle. 
changing the boy to a girl named Snooks. Rapp continued to write the radio sketches when Bryce played Snooks on the Good News Show the following year. In 1944, Baby Snooks was given her own show, and from then on, it became one of the nation's favorite radio situation comedies. Actor Hanley Stafford was best known for his portrayal of Snooks' long-suffering, often cranky father, Lancelot Daddy Higgins, a role played earlier by Alan Reed, best known as the voice of Fred Flintstone on the 1936 Follies broadcasts. Actor Lelieve Brownell was Vera Mommy Higgins. That role was also portrayed by Lois Corbett in the mid-1940s and Arlene Harris after 1945. Beginning in 1945, child impersonator Leon Ledoux was first heard as Snook's younger brother, Robespierre. The radio version was on the air until May 22, 1951. Two days later, Fanny Bryce had a cerebral hemorrhage, and the show ended with her death at age 59. Theaters across the country need your support now, more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Michael Weber